Rethinking Leadership podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, and in this podcast, I interview leaders on their experiences of leading change, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. I'm interested in exploring how we lead disruptive change in a way that has a positive benefit for employees, business, and society. In other words, how do we be more human and relational in our leadership and make a difference? This week's guest has some great tips on leading teams in a more collaborative and relational way. More on that in a moment, but if you'd like more information on leading teams through fast-paced change, you can download a report from my website at www.jude.team. Jane Huntington is the Head of Application Development for Guide Dogs. I've worked with Jane and her team and I have some understanding of the complexity and huge volume of technological change that they're leading. Jane talks about using an agile way of working to lead change, continually taking the next step forward, reviewing progress and adapting quickly where needed. And of course, she reminds us that accessibility is critical when using technology so we don't leave people behind. Hi Jane, thanks for joining me today. Um, Can you tell us who you are and what you do please? I certainly can. So uh, Jane Huntington. um, So I am the Head of Application Development and Support at Guide Dogs in our technology team. So um, when the first thing I think about when I think about Guide Dogs is not is not technology. So tell me, but, but I know that every business relies on technology. So tell me a bit more about the the kinds of challenges that you face and the kinds of things that you have to do for guide dogs from a technology point of view? Sure. So um, obviously the, the technology team as a whole, um, you know, from our infrastructure guys, so making sure everybody's got the IT kit, the computers they need, um, you know, because we, we, we're a big organisation. Um, we have, I think, around about 1,500 employees now. So and most of them use some kind of technology um so yeah i I guess from from specifically from my point of view it's it is about the the kind of software that we're using and and making sure that that's doing everything it can to help people do their jobs better effectively and and you know covid's massively driven that um so many of our services were face to face because it's guide dogs and you know a lot of what we do is around the dogs and and the guide dog service um, so I think as an organization, we'd, we'd always naturally leaned towards face-to-face services. COVID comes along and suddenly we can't do that. We can't be face-to-face with people. So, um, there's then a real drive for, well, gosh, how can we use technology to help us keep our services going? So yeah, that's been the real driving force, certainly in the last couple of years, but, but yes, just generally as, as an organization, you know, technology has always been an important part, but COVID's really put it to the fore, I think. And did did you have the technology available? Were you able to quickly go from one day in the office and and the kennels and doing all the face-to-face and suddenly overnight we were all online? Were you able to do that? Was the technology available or did you have to implement new things or...? So mostly (laughs) yes um so I I think it was I can't remember exactly how quick it was but I think it's one of the fastest um rollouts of Microsoft Teams and Zoom that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. um so yeah we we did have to get a couple of things in place pretty quickly 
Um, but every, you know, it was a great call to arms, both in terms of, you know, what we've got to start using technology and people did it, people got on with it. Um, and obviously from our point of view as well, accessibility is always front of mind for us. So we have quite a lot of staff and obviously lots of service users that are visually impaired mm-hmm. and have specific needs around technology. So be that, you know, screen readers or screen magnification. And we have to make sure our software works with, with accessible accessibility technology. Um, but, but also in terms of, oh my goodness, you know, we, we've now got to make sure our dogs are okay and our service users are okay. So, um, you know, so many, so many staff quickly put their hands up, took dogs in that normally wouldn't take dogs in so that all our, um, we knew that all of our dogs were okay. Um, and, you know, lots of staff put their hands up as well to do keep in touch calls. So we started a program really quickly um, using our um, our Salesforce implementation and also using Zoom and using Microsoft Teams to get on the phone and to call people and to make sure they were OK. I mean, we, we saw over the pandemic lots of, um, you know, people with various um, impairments, including a visual impairment, struggle. You know, how do you... Mm-hmm suddenly get out of the house people that were waiting to do training suddenly that's not going to happen and we don't know when it's going to happen so you know we I was really impressed with how quickly lots of people that possibly had been a bit reluctant or were saying oh you have to train me where's my training got on with it and learned and learned quickly how to use the, the technology that we were putting in front of them. Do you think, I think that's really fascinating. Do you think there's something here, there's some learning for all of us in terms of how quickly we adapt to change and particularly technology in that I think we can all, we can all be guilty at times of saying, well, that'll never work or I don't like that because that's, that's a normal response to change. And do, do you think that as a result of that, that it has given people a, a, a greater skill level of flexibility and adaptability and agility or or do you think we'll revert back i i think we're going to have to be careful not to revert back um you, you can you can see little elements of that creeping in already but i you know certainly from my team's point of view the the things that we've put in place because we had to um and the ways in which we started communicating with with each other using technology quite honestly i feel felt and still feel closer to my teams over that the last 18 months than I probably possibly had done you know in in the couple of years or so beforehand because you know before it was kind of gosh I've got to look in a space I've got to get everyone together everyone wanted to be face to face how are we going to do this everybody spread across the country to suddenly right daily check-in and I mean they, they my team were a lot of fun and they just took the fun and we set up a, a team's area um, we created a daily check-in channel and you just get all these good mornings. We still on our daily stand-ups do what day is it? So, you know, you have all these crazy international days. So technology has helped us put the fun back into a lot mm. of the teamwork as well. It's been it's been really good. Well, that's really fascinating because I think sometimes we think that technology takes the fun away because you take away some of that interpersonal that, you know, a lot of people have talked about losing the water cooler chats. What what I'm hearing from you is that you've made the effort to to implement that, which lots of people did last year. But you've also made the effort to keep that going. Yeah. And and, and I'm also really fascinated in that you were already running a remote team, but yeah. probably without the use of Teams and Zoom. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so do you think that um, in adapting to this new way of working, that it actually makes it easier to run a remote team? It has for us, definitely. Um, you know, the just implementing, because obviously we're trying to move to a more agile way of working, which I think a lot of people are now. I could, could hear my husband being taught about agile this morning on one of his calls, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, we, we had wanted to, to move that way and actually having teams, having that environment um, just made it so much easier. We, we knew roughly the, the ceremonies that we wanted to put in place, but I think there was that real desire to connect because you weren't connecting in the office. Everybody wanted to know how everyone else was. Everyone wanted to get together. And because of the way we've then built up our working patterns over the last 18 months, that stayed. Um, you know, it's, it's never perfect. There's always more to do. We met this morning and talked about whether our cadence was right, because all of a sudden, and I, I think a lot of people are suffering from this as well, you've gone from struggling to get people together in a room to looking at your diary and saying, when am I actually going to get work done? We were laughing, um, you know, again, Microsoft Teams, brilliant. And, and, and in my Outlook diary, it puts focus time in for me. Brilliant. Thank you very much. But 40 minutes isn't enough time to focus between meetings. Yeah. So actually, all it's becoming is, oh, there's 40 minutes free in Jane's diary. We can put another meeting in there. So we were having a conversation this morning about trying to improve how we work and, and we're going to trial only having morning meetings so that our afternoons are free for meetings with our customers um, you know and to do work because you need to have a good amount of time to really settle down and focus um, and we just I, I'm certainly finding in my diary my diary was always crazy but it's worse now much worse and so mm. where technology has definitely enabled us to to connect well and to have good connections we've also got to give ourselves a bit of a break and and be a little bit more disciplined in you know not looking at somebody's diary and going great there's a gap there but looking at their diary and going wow I, I really shouldn't put anything more in their diary because mm. that's crazy as it is so I'm really interested about the um the idea of a of a trial of morning meetings only um and I know before we before we started recording the podcast we were just talking about guide dogs and um, and puppies, and that that you're, the, there's a trial going on with how you manage your puppies. Yeah. And I wonder if that's a that's a cultural thing in guide dogs where you do take a step back and say, what are we doing and how are we doing it, and um, and do we need to trial something, a different way of doing things? Is that is that a cultural thing? And and is it, that it's becoming useful? so. It's it's really useful. It's it's so valuable. Um, I, I, and again, I think that's that's very much been driven over the last couple of years of, you know, we have had to put things in place really quickly. Um, but that's it's then OK that if that's not working, stop, um, look at something again, try something new. Um, so, yeah, and, and you, you are seeing that more across all the, the different elements of guide dogs. So I think there is less fear of change almost it's kind of well you know you kind of you know we're, we're just coming up for 90 years we're you know a, a very well-established organization and you know quite often with a, a older organizations like that you've got a lot of legacy to mm -hmm. deal with and it can be really challenging 
to to change because you you have got all that history that you're trying to turn it's it's it can be really really challenging but yeah it's, it's feeling like we are saying actually we've got a great history to build on let's not be afraid to change some of the things that we do and see if something else works better and if it doesn't that's okay too we'll we'll move on and try the next thing so I think that's really powerful because yeah. what what I'm hearing from that what my, my sense of it is that it makes change more palatable yeah. because there's this sense of rather than right we're going to change and we're going to go from a to b and we're going to do things this way now and that's it and then you step over all the grief and the loss and the hanging on to the old <laughs> that you normally go through. What I'm hearing is you're saying, let's try this. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, we can go back That's or we can do something else. And do you think that actually makes change more palatable and easier for people to come along? I, I think it does. And I think people are also feeling more valued and listened to because it's you're not go you're not charging down a path of, of set change almost it's and and agile definitely helps with that is let's try this and it's a smaller faster iteration of something and then you're learning really quickly and you're changing what you you're taking those lessons and you're changing and adapting faster so it it is easy I think you know again with a, a legacy organization like this it's it's still challenging and you know I've been at guide dogs since 2009 so you know I've been here quite a while now and even I can sometimes sit back and go oh we're trying that again are we (laughs) and you can sometimes feel like you're going around a a cycle that you've been around before but I think I can now also step back and say yes we are going around a similar cycle but we're taking that learning and we're changing we're trying something possibly that we've tried in a way before but it's slightly different this time. So we are moving it forward. And the Um, timing is different and the people are different and the context is slightly different. Absolutely, And that makes a complete difference to the change, doesn't it? So what, what, what does that mean in terms of um, leadership skills then? What, what does that require of you as a leader and your, your team in terms of adapting to that way of working of that? I, I think for me personally, and, and I, do, I do think about it a lot, <laughs> I'm not the most what I would call confident of leaders. Um, I It's about listening and it's about trusting your team and trusting yourself um, and not being afraid to change. And if you think that something is not going in the right direction, stop, look at it listen to what other people are saying and and make the change so I don't think as a leader you can I mean you you can set the vision you can say this is where I think we should go what and I tend to then be what does everyone think does is that a good direction of travel um and I really noticed that the more we've done that the more the team have accepted that I don't consider myself the expert because I'm the leader I consider myself the person who is going to listen to the expertise I've got in my team and we're going on this journey together because it can't ever just be about the leader it has to be about the leader the, the leader and everybody around them mm. um to, to really make that change you know we know oh you know the, the work we did with you I mean it was just brilliant to to see everybody click and get that sense of 
leading from the front, the back, the sides, everybody communicating mm. together to make that change. And, and there's a real acceptance now that that's how we do it. It's not just Jane says and therefore we do. It's Jane's come up with an idea and it's OK to tell her she's bonkers or it's OK to say, do you know what, we'll give it a go. Mm. Um, and this is how we think we can help you give it a go. So, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. It's really it's so collaborative. Um, and I learn so much every day because I, you know, I'm the least technical, technical leader I know. <laughs> and, and I learn so much from my team every day. And I've learned as a leader not to be afraid to say, I, I, I don't really understand that. Can someone explain it to me? Because it's only in acknowledging that they're the experts and not me, that you can really get the most out of people and, and be that leader that you want to be and drive them forward in the drive the team forward in the right way. And it's really fascinating, I think, because in, in a crisis um, like like the pandemic and going into lockdown, you have to make very quick decisions sometimes without having all of the information. And then there's a real balance with doing that and how do you include everybody's ideas, but make the decision really quickly. So that's, is that, there's that agility required again, isn't there? Absolutely. Versus the day-to-day -day where perhaps you can slow down and listen more. I don't, I don't know, do you, find a, do you find a difference in a crisis versus on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, yes, but again, I think we're getting better at not letting ourselves get to crisis too, too frequently. Um, I, you know, I know as, as the leader, um, I can sometimes be, I, I would describe myself probably as reasonably emotional and quite chaotic. Um, but in acknowledging those things about yourself, you can work with your team to say, you know, these things about me. Um, I'm working on them, but you need to support me in, in, in working on those things as well. And, and again, just having those agile, having that agile framework in place really helps us with that. So we know here's the time to stop and review. Here's the time to speak. Um, and again, with with the the kind of the, the stand ups, all the ceremonies that we go through in the agile world, everybody knows it's important that you speak and you've got that voice and you've got that opportunity to speak. You are part of a team and everybody, you, everybody's voice is equal, effectively. Mm. Um, so that that really helps having those frameworks in place, having the those. Um, yeah, having those those frameworks in place really just helps everyone understands their part, what they're here to do and that their voice is going to be heard. I think that's so crucial. And, and you say that almost matter of fact of everybody's voice is heard as though that's just a given. And yet that is that is such an art form in itself yeah. to make sure that everybody's voice is heard and understood and, and not just heard, but then, okay, yeah, I hear you. Now I'm going to ignore you. You know, like really, so I know that when you say every voice is heard, you don't just mean that. You mean really heard, understood, included, and that that shapes the way yeah. decisions are made. And we're not perfect at it, and we're working on it all the time. But it's it's having that framework in place helps because you know I I've noticed on the latest sort of retrospectives, um, you know, even if I'm not there, if things will be popping up in the corner of my screen, and I'm very quickly seeing nothing from me, nothing from me. So immediately you're going right, okay, I need to get back into those retrospectives. And we need to reset and we need to say it, it's not about I've got nothing to say. It, it, this is your opportunity to speak. So don't shy away from it. Let's re, reinvigorate this session and let's make sure we, we have all got something to say.
Wow. So that's so you're so you're actively encouraging people to speak up, even when they might not be the, you know, they might be the quiet ones that don't normally. You're actively yeah. ensuring that those voices are included. Yeah, absolutely. We we need to because you know every every single person in that team brings something different, and everybody's opinions are valid. Um, and you know, it it's about the the more you talk, the more you communicate, the less assumptions you're making. Um, and and the the faster you find your decision making processes, do you think this is something that that is something that you've learned in your career as a leader, or is this a guide dog cultural thing? Because guide dog is part of creating diversity and inclusion in the workplace anyway. I, I think it's it's probably both. I mean, I've I've been at guide dogs a really long time now, um, but you I. I like learning. <laughs> it's it's really important to me. And um, yes, guide dogs is is a great culture in terms of they are. You know, we we have got a, a leadership team now that are really keen on looking and learning and understanding and listening. Um, you know, one of the things that the leadership team implemented during COVID was all staff calls, and that everybody was kind of wow this is really the first time we've had this you know we've got the entire exec team on a call every week and we can ask them anything we like you know and it was it was brilliant um you 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 were given regular updates clear updates of what the plans were where we were going and you know obviously all covid and lockdown related what we could do what we couldn't do what services we had open who was going into office space, all of those things. So we all as an organisation were getting together once a week and we knew and we could ask those our leaders questions and they would do their best to answer them there and then or not. We wow. kept that in place. Wow. Expanded it. So it's brilliant. The, the exec team still get together and come on a, on a call at least, I think, once a month now. It's not every week. But those week, those all-staff calls are still in place. Um, and they are being used to make sure that information is being shared about other things. So, you know, we, we have a, a brilliant thing um, going on at the moment called Academy. That's about changing how we recruit, train and onboard our guide dog technical staff. So our guide dog trainers. Um, so, you know, they'll come on and tell us about the progress of that project. Uh, you know, we've got um, what we call Project One going on, which is about bringing together all of our data um, and changing the way we think about data and use data um, so we'll jump on you know every so often and give an update and it, it's great it's a really um, open way of communicating across the organization we still drown in emails don't get me wrong <laughs> but you know it, it's one of those success stories from from covid i would say and it's it's really changed the way that everybody in the organization communicates it's really good i think that's just so powerful isn't it that yeah because it, it's one thing to read about the projects that are going on but in a, in a large organization there's a danger that there are so many projects going on that you can't read about all of them and you can't and you can't keep up and therefore you don't bother whereas what i'm hearing is that there's this face there's this face to face even if it's virtual face to face on video you've created this face to face way of building the community yep. do you think that helps engage the, the wider organization and keep everybody together and and stop the silos 
I, I, it's it's definitely heading in the right direction and I, I'm delighted to say our team have really raised the bar on this so you know obviously we've got our 90th celebrations coming up so the team thought right how can we really fire up this presentation we've got to do so they came up with the idea of a 90s theme and chose friends and uh, they presented as friends um, and all the slides had a friends theme and yeah it, it went down an absolute storm um, you know, particularly one of my colleagues who really took took it to the nth degree and uh, appeared on screen um, as an excellent moniker. <laughs> um, but they, you know, it was so nice to see that um, it, it that's the guide dog's culture for me is we weren't afraid. They weren't afraid because I wasn't involved directly on this one, but they weren't afraid as a team to say, yeah, how are we going to engage people? Yeah, let's do this. And do that theme and really embrace it um, and and as somebody commented you just engaged the entire organization in a conversation about data for an hour <laughs> you know so it was that level and and to have the, the the freedom and the confidence to not think oh I've got to do an all-staff call and it's got to be really professional and all the rest of it, it was massively professional don't get me wrong mm. and they conveyed all of the information that we needed to but they did it in a really engaging and fun way. Um, and I think the, the guide dog's culture and the leadership and, and the way we enable people to, to have that freedom to, to really work in the way that works for them, I think is a, is a really powerful thing. Yeah, incredibly so, because I think I, I hear a lot of smaller organisations have that real sense of fun, but as organisations get bigger, then they, they do often start to become less personal and they do start to become, they, they become personal in their little pockets. Yes. But they become an amorphous blob at the, at the bigger organisation level. And what I'm hearing is you're using that sense of fun, which takes some courage to take that risk again, isn't it? It's that trial and error piece of let's just give this a go. And if we don't get our message across, then, OK, we'll never do it this way again. Yeah. <laughs> it could have bombed. It did not. It, it was brilliant. But I think it, the reason it didn't bomb is because they went at it with absolute confidence. They know their subject matter. They believe in, in the project that they're running and they wanted a fun way of getting that information across. Um, so, yes, and you're, you're right. It's it is very easy to see pockets of, of you know, fun happening. But. I see more and more pockets of fun and the fact that you can go on that you know sort of all staff level communication and do that brilliant mm. do you think that's that's something that um covid has taught us in terms of the importance of not taking everything too seriously yeah i think so i think i, th I think it's it's just it's still for me it's it, I still find it quite strange you know I'm, I'm now pretty much working from home which is is not the normal um our offices are slowly opening up um but yeah I think it's going to take time for people to get back to um a and I'm not going to say normal because it's not it's I don't think we'll ever go fully back um but Guide Dogs is working really hard as I know a lot of other organizations are to um to create the new normal, um, you know, in, in our HR department, we and our leadership team, we now have how we work. So we have a framework, we have a policy, and and that's lovely because actually, previous to COVID, we didn't have that. And you kind of, as a manager and a leader, you'd either be 
you know, sort of sticking rigidly to policy, which may not have worked for your team, or you'd be sort of thinking, oh, I'm being really naughty because I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing because it's not policy. Whereas now we've got a really great framework that says, this is how we work, um, you know, and if it works for guide dogs, if it works for your team and if it works for you, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and guide dogs is creating new workspaces, you know, so there will be more collaboration space. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's, it's not perfect. We have got a long way to go, but I think everybody's got a desire to really move guide dogs forward and, and take the learnings from the pandemic and, and support everybody into a new way of working. Mm-hmm. What do you think are they are going to be the key challenges going forward? I think we're going to have to work really hard to keep what we've developed because I, you, you can see that, you know, if you go, if you end up with some people working in the office and some not, it's those water cooler moments again. Um, you know, so it's, it's about having that good framework in place that everybody is really clear on their roles and responsibilities. Um, and it's you're not slipping back into well, I'm just going to work with this group of people because they're in this office. I'm working with a wider group of people because they're the right people to be working with. And we've got um, the technology in place now to, to make that happen and to make that happen really easily. Um, and certainly, you know, from some of the um, redesign of the office spaces I've seen, we're setting ourselves up for that. So it will be easy to go and find a quiet space to join a conference call or a team's call. Um, it will be easy to have a small collaboration space for a couple of you to get together and and you know face to face and and talk so yeah I, it's going to it is going to be a challenge to keep the momentum up um you know but but also i think that's it's going to be a good thing you know being able mm. to get together and collaborate um is invaluable there are times when face to face just is best i went up to our offices in Aberton recently and we covered the walls in um great big wireframe pictures and we you know we had really good blue sky thinking discussions and then drilled down and yes you could do that using technology um but it it was faster face to face it absolutely was so you know it's 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 now the challenge is going to be making sure that we are getting together face to face to collaborate for the right reasons not just for the sake of it and using the technology appropriately to, to help us collaborate as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, final question for you, Jane. What keeps yeah. you awake at night? Oh, my goodness. Um, whether I'm doing my team justice all the time. Am I getting it right? What can I learn? What can I do better? Just, mm. yeah. My, one of my wonderful colleagues keeps saying to me, you need to learn a little more self-compassion she's probably not wrong but <laughs> i think that's something that most of us we need all do. to do yeah. more of isn't it <laughs> very definitely the, the compassion that we extend to others to extend it to ourselves as well totally yeah, yeah. but you know they're, they're a fantastic team we're doing really great things and you know techno- it is all about the technology but um you know using technology ourselves to improve what we do is is getting us a long way so Jane, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's really nice to come and speak again. What I love about what Jane said was that her and the Guide Dogs team have enhanced the way they communicate as a result of remote working. I really liked the fact that they have a culture of learning something and building on what works and dropping what doesn't. You can only innovate if you're willing to embrace trial and error. And Jane is honest about the fact that that's not always easy. 
Jane reminds us that we can use technology to deepen connections, but it's how we use it that matters. And of course, that is down to humans, to us as leaders. Who do you want to create a deeper connection with? And how might technology enable that to happen? I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Please share it with someone else so we can collectively inspire each other to rethink leadership in the world. If you'd like more information on leading teams through fast-paced change, you can download a report from www.jude.team. That's it for this week. I was your host, Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature. Until next week, keep leading and I'll be back soon with another interview on Rethinking Leadership.